to the HIM Careers Club podcast. My name is Valerie Page, and I'm a registered health information technician, founder and CEO of the HIM Blueprint for Success, and I teach HIM professionals how to scale their careers with the RACA and ICAD POW method. I created the HIM Careers Club podcast for professionals just like you. Join me each week as I bridge the gap with professionals from different parts of the healthcare industry, discuss up and coming developments in healthcare, career strategies, self-development, and more. Whether you're in school, a recent graduate with no experience, or pivoting in your career, you'll get actionable tips and strategies right here that will take your mindset and career to the next level. Make sure you stick around, friend. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HIM Careers Club podcast. Today, I'm super excited because I have a special guest here with us today, Dr. Kenja Sabri with The Qualified. Absolutely love that title, The Qualified. It is so appropriate. Oh, <laughs> thank, thank you so you. much. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm just super intrigued by your journey from HIM analyst all the way up to program director and now entrepreneurship helping new graduates to obtain their credentials. I really love this because getting the RHIT credential was a very pivotal point in my career. I've been in the industry for about 16 years now. For the first six or seven years of my career, I did not have that credential. And I tell people all the time, you can get into the healthcare industry without a credential. Those letters behind your name really, really make a difference in the job opportunities you get and also your salary. So. I agree. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. And a lot of people or prospective students, they'll come in and they say, do I have to get this degree? No, not necessarily. You don't have to get this degree. You can break into the industry without it. But I do believe that it's going to limit your opportunities, right? You can get into some entry-level roles, but if you aspire to achieve leadership roles, it's going to be hard without those credentials. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm thinking, are you thinking about now or are you thinking about long-term? Because I like to help them think long-term because we only want to do this once, right? (laughs) I don't want you to have to keep going back to school, keep earning. Of course, you want to continue to develop yourself professionally. But I don't want you to keep coming back to me saying, should I do this? Should I not do this? Or now here I'm stuck. I have nowhere else to go. And your only option would be to go back to school. Mm-hmm. So let's just mm-hmm. get, rip the bandaid off from the beginning and just get the education out of the way. And then you can do your thing. Exactly. Because you don't want to go in circles. The goal is to climb the career ladder, right. move <laughs> up instead of going in circles. So I'm just so excited to have you. You're going to talk with us about your background and how you've been able to navigate in your career. Everyone, we have such different paths that we traveled. And a lot of times in healthcare, health information management in particular, some people are like, well, you can't do this. You got to do this first. You got to do this. So I think it's very interesting to hear everyone's background, their perspective, Mm -hmm. their journey, what they've went through personally, because I just think it's really amazing everything that you did from being the HIM analyst and becoming a program director and a teacher and now entrepreneurship. So just go ahead and give us your formal introduction and your background. (laughs) Okay. So I don't really have a formal introduction. 
So Mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned, I am the CEO of The Qualified. It's a newly established organization and we help students or just professionals in general, HIM professionals, prepare for that next level from a few different aspects. One being exam prep. I love helping Mm -hmm. students with exam prep. We prepare students for professionals for a CCA, CCS, RHIT, RHIA, CDIP, all of the AHIMA certifications. And we also do a few AAPC certifications. Nice. It is the whole shebang. It is. It really (laughs) is. And I'm going to give you a little inside scoop too. I'm currently working on a leadership academy because when I entered into HIM and I got my first leadership role, it was an HIM supervisor. I was sent Mm -hmm. to a class, how to supervise people which was Mm -hmm. great. However, there was no handbook for leading in HIM department, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to help people do. Understand the tools that you need to manage your department. So that's coming soon. But (laughs) we we all just got the tea. (laughs) Right. So let me tell you a little bit about my background. I received my associate's degree, my bachelor's degree in health information management from DeVry University. And at that point, I began teaching adjunct. So I've been in the field for a long time. I started volunteering in HIM when I was 14 years old. So I was doing summer youth and I was placed in a medical records department. So I did that for about three years or three summers. And I never really considered a career in HIM at that point. Because when you're interning in the summer, nobody really talks to you. Unfortunately, in my case, nobody really talked to me. Nobody said, well, what do you think about what you're doing? And what are your aspirations like outside of my family? Mm -hmm. So I never really thought about a career in HIM at that point. So when I went off to DeVry, my initial major was biomedical informatics. Mm -hmm. So I got through maybe a semester or two and I was just like, geez, this is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this isn't where I should be, right? So I went and I had a conversation with my advisor and she told me about health information technology. At that very moment, the light went off and it was just like, I know that. I know what they do. I've been doing that work and I've enjoyed that work. I had no idea there was a degree in that field. Mm -hmm. So that's how... I got into health information management. So after I earned my bachelor's degree, I began working in the field, but then I started teaching. I want to teach HIM Mm -hmm. and I started teaching and then I realized, okay, I can teach HIM, but there's something missing. I couldn't really put my finger on it. What was missing? And what it turned out to be was I didn't really understand how people learned. I didn't understand how to make all the dots connect, or if a student wasn't getting what I was saying, how can I translate that? How can I demonstrate this in a different way? All of those behavioral theories, I didn't know any of those things. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, let me go back to school. I went back to school and I got my master's degree in education with a specialization in instructional design and technology. Mm -hmm. So that helped me (laughs) learn to develop courses Yeah, deliver courses. And it helped me teach. It helped me be a better teacher. So that was exactly what I was missing. I taught adjunct for about five years. And then 
the opportunity presented itself for me to transition in the program director role. And the reason why I did it, I said, was because it was a job that I had never quit, right? So while I was in the industry, I worked in corporate. I was moving throughout all these various HIM positions. I continued to teach. That's mm-hmm. where my heart lied. That's where my passion lied. So I said, you know what? I want to try this full time. So then I, I've been teaching for these past five years. And then October 2020, I completed my doctorate program. And that's that. So that's how I ended up where I am now. That's amazing. That's a beautiful story. Like, I mean, you progressed throughout your career. What we talked about in the beginning, instead of just going around in circles and going back to school for something else or for a different credential and not really knowing what it is that you want to do, you were very clear and in what it is that you wanted to do in your career. You were very clear with that. And that's very important. And just like you explained, when you're very clear with what you want to do in your career, you climb the career ladder faster. Personally, that's what I think. I believe the same thing. And I tell people I had a very boring (laughs) path. I did. I hear all these people speak and they've done all these great things and in HIM, but I had a very clear cut. And that was because I was strategic. I knew what I wanted to do right before I became an analyst. I mean, I started at the very bottom. I was an HIM clerk. So I went from clerk to technician to analyst, to supervisor, to manager, to director. And then I transitioned to education. I was able to see what the career ladder looked like for me. And then I made it a point to achieve what I needed to achieve in order to get there. Absolutely. Yes. This is exactly what I preach all the time. It's like, oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, When you know exactly what it is that you want to do, I tell everyone it's worth it to take that time to yourself and really have a moment and think about what it is that you want to do. And it could take a day, it could take a week, a month, Mm -hmm. but take that time in the beginning to find out, figure out exactly what it is that you really want to do. It's worth it because you're going to save yourself time on the back end, starting over again and going back to school again. For something else. And let's not even talk about the amount of money it costs. If you're not going to school with grants and scholarships, right? So it's like you save yourself a whole lot of time when you buckle down and you really figure out what it is that you want to do. I love the clarity that you just gave with starting from the HIM clerk to HIM analyst, to the supervisor, to the manager, and just working your way all the way up and deciding that you want to get into the education piece and adding that on and then continuing to climb the career ladder. That's a beautiful story. I don't think that it's boring at all. To me, (laughs) that sounds like music to my ears. Like, this is what I love to hear. Oh, good, good. (laughs) I think that's a beautiful story. But what I want you to tell me is, let's talk about some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome. A lot of times Mm. in our careers, Sometimes there's people in our corner. It could be family members or coworkers or just someone being a negative Nancy and saying that you can't do this, you can't do that, or just life situations that happen that may stop someone from going back to school or sometimes people mm-hmm. feel as though it's too late. So I want to put, put that out there. Like what, okay. what have you overcome how, how, that could have possibly been a roadblock? Look, how deep do you want to go? <laughs> how deep go. are you trying to go here? Okay, I feel like I have uh, several different obstacles that I've had to overcome. And I'll give you an example personally 
And then I'll give you an example professionally. One of the things about me that people don't know is that I earned my GED. So I'm not trying to say that that was an obstacle because for me, it wasn't. I enjoyed high school. I got good grades in high school. But when I was in 10th grade, things changed in my home life. My dynamics changed and it threw me off course a little bit. And my parents were like, no, you're our golden child. This can't happen to you. (laughs) You (laughs) You need to figure this out right now. And my parents sent me away and they sent me to Job Corps. They didn't even give me the opportunity to finish high school, even though I knew I could turn it around and redeem myself. Right. I was 16. Wow. Things happen at 16. So, um, yes. So they sent me away to Job Corps. And at that point, I knew my parents didn't give up on me, but I felt like the world looked at me as if there was no hope. I felt like I had to redeem myself. Like I had to do something to redeem myself. So that part of my life was very short-lived. I was in Job Corps for only six months. I achieved my trade, which is medical office assistant, Mm -hmm. and I earned my GED and I left. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. So then I came back home. And then at that point, it was time for me to go off to college. So at that point, I was thinking, well, I could have easily given up and said, you know what, maybe the traditional school route wasn't for me, right? And and did something different. Because even my family, though, sometimes I feel like that's what they thought was going to happen to me. But jumped back into college and then kept it pushing there. In terms of the professional life, I felt like I was up against a couple things. Ageism, racism. Mm -hmm. That's why I ask how deep you want to go. Because a lot of the times when I first entered the profession, I was young. My very first job, I was 18. I became an HIM supervisor. I think I was 22. So majority of the time, I was the youngest in the room. Oh my goodness. I know it. I know it. You know what that feels like. And you know how people make you feel as if you're not competent enough or you don't have enough experience to contribute to the conversation. And many times I was the only woman in the room or I was the Mm -hmm. only black woman in the room. And people always ask me about HIM. Is it diverse? Yeah. HIM is a very diverse industry. It is. But when you get to the facility, what does the facilities look like? So being an HIM manager or HIM director at that level, Mm -hmm. I was the only Black person on a number of occasions. That was very hard. So then you got to talk about not only like people undermining you and things like that, but then salary, right? Mm -hmm. What does your salary look like because of what you look like? Are you getting paid what you're worth? So those are things that I had to navigate. There's been plenty of times where I've transitioned, went to another place because I felt like I wasn't getting paid what I was worth. I remember this one time I was getting promoted. My hospital was being acquired Mm -hmm. and I was an HIM manager at the time and I was getting promoted to the director. And the CFO said, okay, I want to promote you. He said, we can do this unofficially. At the time I was making $55,000. And he said, we can do this unofficially. I don't have to get approvals. I can increase your salary to $85,000 starting on Monday if you take this job. And I said, okay, fine. I didn't do any negotiations. I didn't do anything. I'm over here in my head like, if you're talking about in the past, I'm in my head right now. Like, (laughs) I got the numbers and the calculations going around in my head. Like, wait a minute, something is not adding up. 
which state is this that this happened in? Was this Florida? This was in Florida. So took it, no qualms about it, right? Did my job, became the director. And then all of a sudden our privacy officer left. So then they approached me like, hey, can you be the interim privacy officer for the time being? Sure. It came with no compensation. I said, okay, I'm going to give this a little bit of time. And I think I gave it about a year, and which was a year too long, right? Mm-hmm. So then when I decided, I said, okay, I'm still doing the work. You aren't compensating me. It's time for me to leave. My CFO said, we don't want you to leave. He said, I'll pay for your relocation expenses if you move to the side of the bay. I was living about an hour away at the time. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I will throw on an additional $25,000 to your salary just until we can do further negotiation. And I said, no, because if you can give me that now, you could have given me that then, right? So there's been a lot of tricky things that I've had to overcome throughout my professional life. And that was just one example. Yeah. And we learn as we go through these situations. Mm -hmm. And let me just say, before I go any further, now I think that your story is even more beautiful. It's not boring at all. (laughs) That's what we think about ourselves, right? Our stories and our work experience and everything that we do, which is like, oh no, it's just another day. But Mm -hmm. when you share your story and someone else, especially someone that's going to connect with this story, it's like, wait a minute, like, no, this is not a boring story at all. As far as having your GED, going to get your GED at the age of 16 and not graduating from high school, stuff like that. Now, like I wouldn't even blink or turn my head at something like that. It's being an issue because there are millionaires and billionaires in this world (laughs) who never graduated from high school. Jay-Z, Richard Branson are billionaires (laughs) and never graduated from high school. So it's like, you know what, but you just made me think of something else because when I interviewed for a position, I had to interview with a president of a college that I was working at at the time. He made it a point to point out that I had my GED. He did do it in a subtle way because I went to the Oneonta Job Corps Academy and I made it the top, which was to interview him. And he said, so I see you spent some time in Oneonta. And I just Mm -hmm. laughed because Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, yeah, and, but Mm -hmm. he he said it in a way, almost like a prison. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) You spent some time in Oneonta. And I guess he was familiar with the area, but Mm -hmm. I, I felt like it wanted or he was trying to remind me of where I came from. I don't forget where I came from, but I felt that that was a subtle reminder. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you earned your GED and here you are. I think when people do stuff like that, they're just intimidated. (laughs) Like, how did you come this far? It's like, I can do anything that I want to do. It's crazy how sometimes when you talk about things that you want to achieve in life or you've overcome something in life, And people look at you as if they're like, who do you think you are? Yes. I see that a lot. You have have thick skin. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you didn't let any of that thing stop you. I'm glad you didn't let any of that stop you from where you are today. Like, look where you are now. (laughs) By the grace of God, though, and I believe that you have to have a level of faith. Mm -hmm. You have some form of faith in order to get you through a lot of these situations. Absolutely. And people will try to break you. Yep, they will. And the only way that they can try to do that is with their words. (laughs) Because that's all they can do. They can't do anything to physically try to harm you. So they try to stay and do things to get into your mind. 
right? Mm -hmm. So your mindset, you have to have a very strong mindset and just know who you are. I I was just about to say that and know who you are and what you're capable of. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I'm glad that you shared that. All right. So you discussed the misconceptions and you went deep. Those are the obstacles you overcame. Mm -hmm. So what misconceptions would you say that people have about health information management careers that's not necessarily true? That's a great question. I would say that they are limited. Mm -hmm. I don't think people understand how much opportunity there is in this profession. Sometimes people think doctor's office nursing homes, the Mm -hmm. traditional places. But we are everywhere that medical information or health information exists. So whether that's at the vet, whether that's in the prison system, you've been talking about Amazon, whether that's (laughs) Amazon in their new Amazon care. So when I was in school, I became a member of AHIMA when I first started the HIT program and I used to get the journals and I would always flip to the back of the journal and I say, who's advertising with this magazine? Who are their sponsors? That's where I would go looking for jobs. So whether it be 3M, whether it be McKesson, Epic, Cerner, look at those sponsors. They're sponsoring that magazine for a reason, right? Go there, look for jobs there. So that's a big misconception. I have people in my program who still think they're like, wow, I didn't realize it wasn't just coding. It wasn't just operations. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there's a whole lot more to HIM than people really imagine. Yeah, you really have to think outside of the box. Mm -hmm. Inside of my job search strategy masterclass, I have a list of 30 different industries and job sectors and now there's even the cannabis industry is growing yeah. at a very oh, fast pace. I have a student who manages <laughs> record for the what? dispensary. Did you hear that? <laughs> I told you. And it's like, this is, it's a brand new industry. It's up and coming and it's very fast paced. It's yes. becoming legal across all of the states. And I don't know if Medicare or the insurance companies will ever begin to cover any of this. I don't know. I almost kind of want to say that it's probably going to happen. Maybe not soon, but eventually it Mm -hmm. will. But in the meantime, in between time, these dispensaries are already hiring medical record coordinators, patient service coordinators, receptionists, customer service people. They're already hiring for these type of roles. So I'm pretty sure the individuals that they would prefer would be individuals who have degrees in health information management and health information technology, right? right. (laughs) Go ahead and show up as the expert and get these jobs because they're popping up. That's right. And I think too, we have to kind of circle back to some of the traditional places too. Because I've been seeing that in the nursing home or in the physician offices, they try to get their nurse or their receptionist to do the HIM piece. Mm -hmm. And now they're realizing that's not working, right? There are experts in this field that we can get in the door. So Mm -hmm. I think we have to do a part of our awareness. We have to keep reminding these people of that. The same thing with informatics and clinical documentation improvement. You became a nurse for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you no longer want to do patient care, that's fine, but let's not pretend that this is not an HIM function. Exactly. Okay. So 
do you believe that certification is necessary to get started in health information management? No, I don't. And I think you spoke on that in the beginning. In the very (laughs) beginning, no, it's not necessary. But again, I do believe that it's necessary when you want to achieve those higher level roles. Exactly. I like to get other people to say it too, because I cannot tell you how many times a day that I get a message with someone saying like, yeah, I can't wait to get started in this industry. I got to go to school first and get this credential. No, you don't. You can get Let started now. You. I'm like, if that's a part of the plan, do that. Most definitely. But don't hold yourself back with going ahead and get started with your job search and getting your foot in the door because you right. can go ahead and be working as the receptionist or HIM clerk while right. you're in school. You don't have to wait until you're finished with school. Let me tell you a mistake that I made. And this is what I try and tell people all the time. Like I mentioned, I was in HIM for a long time. When you get your foot in the door first, you need to be taking advantage of those that tuition reimbursement opportunity. Yeah. Right? That's a mistake that I made. That wasn't on my radar for a very long time, which is why I have a boatload of student loan debt. Same here. Same here. So, right. But we don't have to. This is why we're telling people these things. So get your foot in the industry. Sometimes it might take six months before they agree to start paying for your tuition. But yeah. tap into that. If you can have somebody else pay for your education, why not? Especially Absolutely. if this is the industry that you want to be in. Mm-hmm. If President Joe Biden writes on any of these students, yes, would you go ahead and stop student loans up off the credit? Like, look, even if it's just a little bit, even if it's just a little bit, I'll take it. Twenty five thousand something, right? Oh, oh my right. goodness, yeah. But I, you know I, what? I, we I just have to keep thing. reminding ourselves that we are blessed and we are thankful to be able to pay them, right? To be yeah. able to pay them. But if we could yeah. avoid them altogether, <laughs> do that. Oh my goodness. Okay. So what advice do you have for any newcomers coming into the industry? You've already dropped a lot of gems, like the one you just oh, said. Well, Make sure you get that tuition <laughs> reimbursement. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think that it's important for people to find their niche. We talked about being strategic, whether it be in your career moves, in your job search. I think that it's really important to stay engaged, not only with your network, the people around you, have a mentor, but stay engaged in the industry. Keep abreast Mm -hmm. of what's going on, the changes that's coming in the industry. And then lastly, continue to develop yourself professionally. How are you going to continue to grow? That's all I'm going to say. And whatever way that that may be for you. Because I think at different points in our lives, we want different things. So just never stop learning and keep developing yourself. Absolutely. 100% agree. All right. So tell me what decision led up to you going ahead and starting your company. Okay. So I'm not an entrepreneur. (laughs) Not at heart. My goal is always to be of service. Mm -hmm. I love helping people and I'm also not big on social media. So -hmm. the only thing that I do have is LinkedIn. So there was a need in my community. I've always had people calling and reaching out like, hey, how can I prepare for this exam? Now that I've prepared for the exam, now that I've earned the certification, where do I go to get CEUs? 
And mm-hmm. then they circle back and say, CEUs are expensive. <laughs> Where can I get low cost, affordable CEUs? Mm-hmm. Right. So not really knowing or having a pool of places that I could send them. I decided, okay, this is something that I think I might just have to do myself. I've tried networking with people. I've tried approaching different institutions to offer these services and Mm -hmm. it just wasn't on their radar Mm -hmm. or it wasn't on their priority list. So I saw the need and I decided to address that need. I'm glad you did. (laughs) Me too. I I get that question all the time. Who do you recommend for CEUs? Who do you Mm -hmm. recommend for exam prep? And I'm like, oh my goodness. There isn't something already out there online? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So (laughs) when I graduated with my associate's degree, I did earn my RHIT. And then right after I earned my bachelor's degree, I earned my RHIA. I had no intentions about earning any other credentials. I started teaching a coding class. One of my very first coding class, we were talking about coding, talking about the exam. And I couldn't speak to the exam because I've never taken a coding exam. So my students challenged me. They're like, come take the exam with us. And I said, okay. I was like, fine. I'm encouraging <laughs> you to sign up, right? I'm not going to be afraid to sign up. So I prepared them for the CCA. So we all went. We all took our CCA together. That was fantastic. And then I kind of wrote a blog, which I don't know where it is right now, (laughs) but I'm going to see if I can dig up that blog just about the exam and what I thought about the exam. So that was really fun. And then right now I'm preparing a group of CCS folks, right? And they're like, well, how some of them are CCA. And they're like, well, how different is the CCA than the CCS? Well, besides the exam prep book, I'm not sure because I never took the CCS exam. Right. Mm-hmm. So now here I am getting ready to go take the CCS exam. And my husband is a CCS too. So we are, an, I like to say we are an HIM family. So <laughs> my husband and I met in an HIM department maybe 11 years ago now. Oh, my story uh, is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So he holds the CIC, COC from AAPC and then the CCS from a human. Okay, you get the so. whole alphabet going. <laughs> so he's really my coding coach. <laughs> nice. For me personally, the RHIT exam and getting this credential changed my life. It changed. It was a very pivotal point in my career and things really took off for me at that point. It was also at that time in my career that I got very serious and intentional and strategic with everything Mm -hmm. that I did as far as my career moves, because I was not playing around. I'm like, I did not spend all this money attending DeVry University because it is not cheap. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. I did not spend all this money and prepare for this exam to fail it and to not get this credential. I'm like, it is on now. I'm going to here. I'm taking this exam. I'm going to pass. And then from this point forward, I'm going to be very intentional about the opportunities that I go after. I'm not going around this circle anymore and being overworked and underpaid. So this credential means a lot to me. And Mm -hmm. I'm inside of some of the Facebook groups and I see how some members are like just really upset when they do prepare for this exam and they think that they study really hard and prepare for the exam, and then they don't pass it. I know how that could feel. And I know that they're ready to take their careers to the next level, right? So Mm -hmm. I definitely wanted to bring you on to the podcast so that you can 
share your business with my audience and let them know what it is that you do and that you can help them to pass these exams. I didn't realize that you did the coding certifications as well. So this is mm-hmm. awesome. I want you to tell everyone where they can find you. So what is your LinkedIn handle and then your website information so that they can find you. And then I'll also make sure to put it in the podcast notes at the bottom. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Can I just say one thing about something that you just mentioned about sure. them earning their credentials and not passing? I just want to give a little bit of advice. It can be hard. It can be hard, but you are able to do it. Not only be strategic in our work, in our careers, but also in our exam prep. You may not be the type of person who can do it alone. You might need a coach. So don't feel bad if you need to go that route. I say it's an investment in yourself and it's an investment in the future. So not only just a coach, but you need to diversify your resources. Okay. So I think you need to, whether it be a coach in your corner, right? That's the people. Books have various books, but not only books. I don't want you to just study that exam prep book and think that's going to be enough to pass the exam. What type of videos can I find? What type of webinars? How can I incorporate? Because we all learn differently. Exam prep book, I feel like that's for the behavioral learner, right? They need to do things over and over and answer these questions over and over again in order to really see the concept of the question or understand the concept of the question. Not everybody learns like that. So you really have to diversify your resources when preparing for an exam. And again, be strategic. Do I want to do this four weeks, six weeks? So, um, and it may help to talk to somebody about that and what that might look like for you. Okay. So I am a little embarrassed to say, I don't know my LinkedIn handle. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. So Kenja Sabri, that's K-E-N-G-I-A. Sabri is S as in Sam, A, B as in Bravo, R, E, E. My website is www.the.the-qualified.com. All right, that's it. I think so. Well, thank you so much again for having me here today. I really appreciate it. And I hope that somebody finds value in this. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really love listening to your story, all of the gems that you dropped. Everyone, if you are preparing for the RHIT, the RHIA, any of the coding certifications, you heard her list of everything that she's helping aspiring HIM professionals to get. Make sure that you go to her website and that you check her out. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. another great episode. Thanks for joining us today. I want to know what you enjoyed the most about this podcast session. What was your biggest takeaway? Make sure that you tag me on Instagram at Valerie Page underscore R-H-I-T. Tag and let me know what was your biggest takeaway. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to share this with all your H-I-M friends.